is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Monday, June 11th. What's going on, everybody? On the show today, we are going to talk about a wide receiver who has finished no worse than 16th in PPR, six straight seasons, and why people don't seem very excited about him. We are going to put Antonio Brown under a microscope, and we are going to take a quick look at some of Heath Cummings' sleepers. Which of those three things are you most excited about? Dave. The sleepers. Heath. I want to talk about this receiver that finished no worse than 16th that no one is excited. That sounds like a sleeper. <laughs> it could be. Jamie. Hello. We go get some burgers at IHOP. IHOP. It's IHOP. I was real, I'm really disappointed in that, by the way. Well, what did you think it was going to be? What do you mean? It is breakfast. made for a spectacular day on Twitter. Uh, in America. That was going to be breakfast. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been to IHOP in so long, and I don't plan on going. And for some reason, I'm still very angry about this. this my change. my 16-year-old son goes there regularly. Yeah. Like, he gets a little bit of money in his pocket. It's IHOP. Yeah, I go there too. once in a while. They've got very delicious chicken fajita omelets. Well, luckily, it's only temporary. So who is that wide receiver that has been no worse than 16th and has been top five several times? In the last six seasons, does everybody know know who I'm talking about? No. Demarius Thomas is who I'm talking about. So I did a, a few Twitter polls, and, you know, I took a group of three receivers and then a group of three running backs, and I said, which of these three has the most upside? Which of these three has the most downside? So here's the group of wide receivers. Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas, and Alshon Jeffrey. Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas, and Alshon Jeffrey. And I figured they'll all be drafted around the same time. Uh, who's got the most upside? All right. What, what's your answer and what do you think the people said? Gordon, Demarius Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey. Most upside. It's Gordon easily. It's Gordon. Yes. That, and that was, that was the easy one. So Gordon had 82% of the vote. I was surprised it was that lopsided, but 82% of the vote for Gordon. And then who's got the most downside? Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas, or Alison Jeffrey? The guy who could be banished from the NFL with one more slip-up. I'm going to say Alshon. Has more downside than Gordon? Josh Gordon has the most downside. Yeah. I'm going to assume that these guys are all playing football, and so I'm going to say Alshon. Because the downside for all of them is zero. They could tear their ACL. You are correct, but the public is going to say Gordon. Yes, agreed. The public did say Gordon at 49%. Alshon had the, the least amount of votes of the who has the most downside question. He had 17% of the vote, and Demarius Thomas had 34% of the vote. Um, so Alshon, so Josh Gordon has by far the most upside and also the most downside. Which according makes to the pretty, public. According to the public, according to these, and it's a pretty recent poll, so still less than, eh, we're getting close to a 1,000 votes. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Now, let's say they all play 16 games. Gordon has the most upside. Who has the most downside? Gordon, Thomas, or Jeffrey? Alshon. Alshon. By far. Why by far? Well, I mean, the, the touchdowns are going to come down for him. And I don't think the other numbers will come up. You don't think the he, other numbers will come up? He'll have the least amount of yards if they all play 16 games. What? Well, he's not going to be an 800-yard guy. He has been three years in a row. Okay. Has he been healthy all three years? Is he healthy now? You're saying he's going to play 16 games. I said they're all going to play 16 games. He's not going to average 50 yards per game. He, he played through an injury last year, so do you consider him healthy or unhealthy? 
uh, I would say, I guess he was healthy last year. I guess right. So I mean, he, he if he if he plays sixteen games, I, I don't know if he's playing all sixteen healthy. We're not doing my bust today, so I don't need too far into Alshon. But they spread the ball around a ton, running the ball, passing the ball, whatever they do, it works awesome for offense. But they spread it around. He had one hundred and twenty targets last year. He caught less than half of them. Josh Gordon, he's a little think, more touchdown dependent than the others. I think Josh Gordon caught fewer than half of his targets. Well, he did not have a good quarterback throwing him the football. Both of Alshon's quarterbacks were maybe better than any quarterback Josh Gordon has ever had. Oh Ooh. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, but that but, was that was he taking a shot at Wentz. Just so you, in case <laughs> yeah, you they they. Are, <laughs> Josh Gordon has a quarterback that has never thrown for more than thirty three hundred yards, or a little bit more than thirty three hundred yards. Um, do do you see? He, he might he might not. I don't know if one of them will get to 3,300 yards. Do you see performance downside for Josh Gordon? Have you looked at Josh Gordon lately? Not really. You see those pictures of him? He looks like Thanos. He's he's ripped. Do I know who like Thanos is? Who is Thanos? Oh come on! I didn't see the what? Movie. I didn't see the movie, but it, you, you got to know this, dude. I don't know. Does that? Guardians of the Galaxy or Avengers? Well, I mean, yes. Avengers? Okay. Yes. Oh, oh, Thanos is Thor's brother? No. no <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Leave your apartment for once. Wasn't Thanos the bad guy? What was the bad guy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I will that, lo- that you know. but <laughs> We'll look that up. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, I, I think Gordon, to me, is so interesting. Because if you take him as your first wide receiver... I mean that that's a, that's a risky pick, in my opinion. But I don't think that'll be the case unless you already have a couple of great running backs on your team. Sure. In which case you you almost have to go that way. Uh, all right, I think we've exhausted this conversation. Let's go to uh, the next Twitter poll. Which player in this group has the most upside? Which player has the most downside? The three running backs are Alex Collins, Joe Mixon, and Rashad Penny. Alex Collins, Joe Mixon, and Rashad Penny. Which player has the most upside? I said Collins. I'm really torn between Collins and Mixon. Mixon has the most upside, um, but I, I'm I'm very intrigued by Rashad Penny. So I thought that this would be close. It wasn't. Joe Mixon, 68 percent of the vote for the most upside among. Mixon, Collins, and Rashad Penny. Joe Mixon is your winner. Dave, an upset. You went with the guy in last place, Alex Collins. That's okay. I think he's got the most upside of the group. I like his offensive line the best. His offense has proven to be run-centric before. That's what the Saints, or Saints, that's what the Seahawks say they want to be this year. I'm not buying it. That's what the Bengals probably won't be this year. And of these three, I think he's the one who will share the least. All three are going to share. But I think he'll, he could end up sharing the least. And I, I think he's a pretty good receiver out of the backfield too. Alright, so which player has the most downside? Alex Collins, Joe Mixon, or Rashad Penny? Alex Collins, Joe Mixon, or Rashad Penny? Who has the most downside? This was closer. I uh, think I'd say Penny. Penny? Yeah, P- Penny does. I said Mixon. Alright, well, because you can, you can imagine. The down from Mixon before. Is the same voters. So they like Mixon a lot. They have him with only 21% of the vote. Alex Collins leading the way, 43% of the vote for the most downside. I think that's probably because he could fumble three times in week one, and all of a sudden he's not the starting running back anymore. I, 
I mean, we can say that about point. a lot of running backs, though. But he's he fumbled four times last year. He's had a fumble problem. It's not something. That's probably something I was overlooking a little bit too much with Alex Collins. Yeah, the player. Ravens weren't. They they held him back because of it. I think Penny is going to become a better value because of all the Chris Carson talk at OTAs. All anybody at OTAs wants to talk about is Chris Carson. Well, forget about that. I think. Mixon's going to be the first one drafted of these three for sure across the board. That's a round three, round four pick, and Collins will come after that, and then Penny figures to be maybe a round behind Collins as of now. I don't know. He he'll definitely be the best value of the three on draft day. It will be interesting. I I think before this week there was a chance that Penny was going to be ahead of Alex Collins in ADP. I'm not sure now. That could still happen if he has a great preseason. Well, here, I'll tell you what it is on my fantasy. It, uh. Alright, we are looking up Alex Collins versus Rashad Penny, and, um. Well, just, just to let you know, and this is factoring in Dynasty Leagues also, I think. Um. Is oh, Joe rivet- Mixon's, riveting. Joe Mixon is the 22nd player being drafted, which Ooh. is absolutely. Wow. That's a lot of Dynasty wow. Leagues. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh. Rashad Penny's 41st, and Alex Collins. Is oh sixtieth, hmm. but that's dynasty league. So but that's it's, dynasty. It's, it's that a lot makes of sense. Not, yeah, that's dynasty. Because I, I one thing I noticed when we did my running back dynasty rankings a month ago, and you guys we were talking about how I was low on Alex Collins, mm-hmm. and then I went and looked at consensus dynasty rankings, and I was high on Alex Collins mm-hmm. compared to what everybody views him in dynasty. So I think that's probably a lot of dynasty leagues. Who would you draft first, Collins or Penny? In Collins. A, in a seasonal. Collins. Jamie? Collins. That's close. Adam? Collins. Collins and Collins, yeah. But Collins and Mixon both have the, uh, the opportunity, the bad opportunity to be in that category of players I really fear, which is guys who don't catch the ball and are on bad teams, bad offenses. Collins could catch the ball, I suppose, but he hasn't exactly shown it. I don't see Mixon being a huge factor in the passing game. No, Gio's going to have, uh, and I think Gio will probably take a, a little bit of the rushing work as well. But I, I think, I think the most likely situation is all three of these guys are two down backs. Collins had 23 catches last year, and they all came in the final eight or nine games of the season. Yeah, I, I meant to say ten. Final ten games of the season, and in his last four games, he had 12 catches. So. His average was up a little bit by the end of the year. Now, there's still going to be fact. There's still going to be sharing in Baltimore. I think Mixon could be a better pass catcher. Than he was in college too. Yeah, I think he could I mean, be. I'm just looking at, his but game it's just log. a matter of getting that opportunity because of had, what he said. He it's true. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games with at least three catches, and he missed. That was two. in college or last season. This is Joe Mixon last season. There's no question that he's a good pass catching runner. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's more about Geo than it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Abilities. But it could be both those guys. And I think with Collins and well, all three of these guys, Collins, Mixon, and Penny, all three teams have tried to upgrade their offensive line. At least for Baltimore, is about getting two guys back who missed either all or almost all of last year with injury: Marshall Yonda and Alex Lewis. For Cincinnati, they drafted a center in the first round, Billy Price. They traded for Cordy Glenn at left tackle. Seattle has a new offensive line coach. They brought in DJ Fluker from the Giants. They're hoping a full season from George Brown will help at uh, left tackle. Dwayne Brown will help at left tackle. And um, Ethan Posick, 
Uh, hopefully he gets better. But but these are three kind of, you know, they're they're not amazing situations, right? Just in terms of offensive line. No, but line. Pennies could evolve into an amazing situation. Okay. He he has the best chance to have that type of David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell workload where he's just dominating playing time. 70% of the time he's on the field. He's got the best shot. I might say Collins is second best. All right, wrapping it up. Who's your favorite of the three? Say it again if you've already said it. Collins, Mixon, or Penny? Mixon. I, I have Mixon ranked the highest. Yeah, Mixon. Okay. All right, let's do some news and notes. First of all, Lothos was the bad guy in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, the 1992 flick with Luke Perry and Chrissy Swanson. Uh, you've all seen it, right? No. Really? It's pretty, it's it's pretty it's good. Yeah. It's not something you'd remember or admit to. Nah, it's good. That's why I said no. It's not a... <laughs> It's not an, it's not as embarrassing as watching the show. Uh, Pete Carroll said that Tyler Lockett was not fully healthy last year. Does that matter to you? He's almost never fully healthy. Okay, I guess that doesn't matter then. Doesn't matter. We gotta, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a great late round flyer, especially best ball. Uh, Tyler Lockett. We got a report from ESPN's Packers reporter Rob Domofsky. He says Ty Montgomery appears set for a significant role in the offense. What does that mean to you guys, Ty Montgomery? He's probably their most refined pass-catching running back. Oh, definitely. It's going to be a messy yeah. backfield all season it, while I, everybody's healthy. This, if, I, if I was going to react to this news in my rankings, it would be moving Jamal Williams down a little bit more. So I asked uh, Jamie and Dave, because Heath wasn't on the show, I think it was last week, is there a backfield that you're just avoiding? I think the Jets were mentioned. And usually you look at like a bad offense or a crowded backfield. You don't usually look at one of the best offenses in the NFL. But are you avoiding the Packers' backfield? No, but I, I would try and take the last one available. Okay. The, the same thing we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chargers offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt said Melvin Gordon could catch more passes this year. He's already pretty good at that. But what do you make of that? Melvin Gordon could catch more passes. Why do they hate Austin Eckler? They don't. They lost Hunter Henry. They need somebody to catch passes. Yeah. He had 58 catches last year. How many does he need to catch? Well, if I draft him to my fantasy team, there is no answer to that question. (laughs) At least 58. Uh, More like 194. You think he gets... I mean, 58 is a lot of catches. You think Melvin Gordon's going to get more than that? What is he going to be, 65? You know, It's not like he's going to turn into Kamara or McCaffrey. Yeah, he he was eighth uh, with 58, but if he had just had 60, he would have been sixth because Carlos Hyde and the Sean McCoy had 59 catches last year. Odell Beckham will report to minicamp, according to ESPN. Colts rookie running back Naeem Hines has been their primary kick returner. That's on top of the things that he was spotted doing on offense during their uh, workouts. He apparently has been lining up all over the place. They're gonna they're gonna mix and match him in. Okay, so. Give me your quick take on the Colts running back situation. As long as DeMarco Murray doesn't sign with them, Marcus, Marcus, Marlon Mack is going to be a good value. Hopefully he's healthy though. I mean, that's the, the problem. And hopefully their quarterback is healthy because that's the bigger problem. Right. I hate to say it, but I, I might end up avoiding this backfield. I don't want to because that offensive line is amazing. And if Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck, that's, it's just an amazing spot to be in. But I don't know if there's going to be one guy 
who will be reliable week in and week out. Uh, well, speaking of Andrew Luck, do you think he will throw a football in the month of June? No. No. I'll say yes. So take that, America. Uh, like a real size, regulation size football, Dave. The Duke. He's got to throw the, the Duke. The Duke, yeah. <laughs> All right. Earl Thomas is not going to report to mandatory minicamp. Little contract spat there. And it's time to put a first-round pick under the microscope. By the way, we're going to read your emails. Well, don't forget, big news today. Zach Martin signed a six-year contract extension for the Cowboys. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, we're going to read your emails later at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're going to talk about heat sleepers in a little bit. It is time to put a first-round pick under the microscope, and that would be Antonio Brown. We did DeAndre Hopkins last time, so let's go to Antonio Brown. Just simply put, guys, I cannot find one bad thing to say about Antonio Brown. I don't like his haircut. Uh, I do. It's bold. This has been riveting. So who's the next player we're talking about? <laughs> no, we're putting him under the microscope. We're exploring He's not great all at angles social media. here. Well, no, he is. He's just not great in his locker room and social media. Yeah, he's great for our purposes. See, it's like he, he does the the flat top, and then there's like another level to it. It's almost like a, a stare on top of his head. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, maybe I'm just jealous that I can't do that. Well, I, all right, let me ask you this. Are you taking him ahead of the top running backs, Antonio Brown? Are you taking him ahead of the top running backs? No, not the top three. The the only risk, I think, is if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play. Because in his last five games over the last two seasons without Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown does not have a touchdown catch. In the first three games of those five, now four of them came in 2016, one last year. First three games without Roethlisberger over the last two seasons, he had a combined 111 yards. In the last two games, one in 2016, one in 2017, Brown did go over 100 yards twice. So if if Brown isn't that interesting, and that's fine. I mean, he's steady. He's awesome. He's going to be 30 years old in July. Let me make this comparison. What's so different? Okay, he's better than this guy. But what is so different about Antonio Brown and Demarius Thomas? Because I just told you that when Antonio Brown, the last five games over two seasons without his quarterback, has not caught a touchdown and has had about 300 yards in those five games. Well, Demarius Thomas was an elite wide receiver before Peyton Manning retired. And even in the final year when it was Manning and Osweiler, he was really, really good. And they're the same age. So when I was doing the Antonio Brown research, ironically, it or oddly, I guess, it, it made me a kind of a little bit more excited about Demarius Thomas. If they can just get good quarterback play from Case Keenum, I think I'm getting a little more excited about DT. I think I think it's fair to be a little more excited about Thomas with Keenum there because Keenum's better than anything that the Broncos have had arguably the last two seasons. Um, or maybe the last three is what I should say. The big difference is Demarius Thomas is not getting 11 targets a game like Antonio does. He's also breaking down. He's had hip problems um, the last couple of years. They've drafted re- replacements for him, uh, two guys this year. Now, it didn't work out the last time they tried to draft somebody with Cody Latimer and set around. He was a failure. But uh, I, I think the writing's on the wall that they want to move on from Demarius Thomas. I actually feel more nervous about Thomas despite the quarterback change because I, I think we're just starting to see him decline as we start to see with some receivers. I, I hope I'm wrong because he's been very good. And like you said, he's been good with good quarterback play. But uh, where he's being drafted, where you have to draft him, uh, most likely in the round three, early round four range, I, I don't want him there. And what's interesting is – when I'm drafting him, when I'm taking Demarius, because I'm still taking him, 
I feel like he's the last best shot I have of getting a borderline number two, number one, number two wide receiver. And that's if everything goes right for him, everything goes right for Case Keenum, everything goes right for the offensive line. There, there are a lot of, there are a lot of ifs with Thomas and certainly there are more ifs with him than there are with Antonio Brown. The only if with Brown is Roethlisberger. Right. Which you just said. But we could say that about any quarterback. Here's here's the angle. Or any receiver in their quarterback. Here's the angle you should have used, Adam. Antonio Brown's 16-game pace with Todd Haley as offensive coordinator. 121 catches, 1,631 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Well, last year. Yeah, but but the offensive coordinator is also the quarterback now. So if he gets hurt, the offensive coordinator goes also on the bench. Without Todd Haley, he's never had a good year. <laughs> Actually, he had one that was okay. He only scored two touchdowns. Well, conversely, Todd Haley's never had a good year without Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah, the Larry Fitzgerald year. He had a great year. Oh, that's right, right. I was thinking of his Chiefs tenure. Browns finishes a top three fantasy receiver each of the last four seasons with Todd Haley. And, well, yes. <laughs> and he's posted 10 or more fantasy points 70% of the time. That's more than any other wide receiver. I find it funny that every time Heath tells a joke, he turns around to and where Adam is. I've seen Adam get, to I've get, been to waiting. Get his approval. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's Adam is his, is his audience. Yes, it, it's, it, he tells. Yeah, the, the way that we're sitting in the room is Adam is on Skype behind Heath. Right, and so av- every time Heath tells a joke, he like looks all the way back over. Yeah, and then he looks it up. <laughs> but it's not just when when there's a joke. It's also like I almost think he does it when he's done talking, just to make sure that Adam knows to like, no. Pick up. Like, I think there's something mechanical. Adam is the it. audience. I'm trying to see how it played yeah. with the audience. But even when you're not, like, like, but just now you did it. You're not making a joke. Half the time Adam's not looking at you. Which yeah, is Adam never looks never. at us. No. No, he's staring at the uh, wonderful pictures on his wall. I have zero of those. I just put up. I just you put could up be a in a jail cell and we won't know the difference. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've uh, I have to definitely decorate around here. All right. Is that gonna? Oh no. Is there any? Uh, is there? <laughs> I know where you were going with that. Is there any reason to uh, draft DeAndre Hopkins ahead of Antonio Brown? Some people would do that. No. Heath, yeah. weren't weren't you originally? Yes. If here's a, here's a let's just say you believe how good Deshaun Watson was last year and you think he's going to be that good for 16 games. Or just take away Brock Osweiler. Um, if you, uh, looking at the, uh, average draft position again on my fantasy league, and the reason that I keep saying that is because ours are not up to par yet. Uh, our ADP is not up to par yet. Uh, Hopkins is being drafted as the number one wide receiver. Yeah, and I think that's fact. I mean, Dynasty. Dynasty, right. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. And seasonal, I just, I don't, I can't, I can't, they're, they're gonna, they're it. gonna be close. They're gonna be close. Alrighty. Hey, uh, I got an email to read. This is from Wes. He says, forgot about Father's Day until last night. My dad and I are huge Cubs fans. Went on SeatGeek, and now I have three tickets in Big Mac land for Cubs and Cardinals on Sunday night baseball for under $150. I thought I'd have to pay at least that much per ticket. And the subject line was, SeatGeek saved me. So that's a baseball listener. But you football listeners should be using SeatGeek too. And a promo code for you is FFT. So next time you need to go to a game or a concert or comedy or theater, if you want a fully guaranteed purchase, you go to SeatGeek. You go to SeatGeek.com or get that app, put it on your phone, just like I have, just like all of us have. We always use SeatGeek. I use it all the time. I use it for the Yankees games, concerts. I've used it for football. I mean, honestly, if I need to go to an event, SeatGeek is the first place I check. So use the code FFT, and if you do that, you will get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase Please feel free to tweet me or email me if you've forgotten the code, but it is FFT, as in Fantasy Football Today, 
For 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase, download the app and use the code FFT. Heath, sleepers. All right. What do you got for me? Jameis Winston. Then he turns to look at me as I approve. I was just yes. waiting <laughs> for validation. James I knew Winston. you would like that one. No, uh, what, what is this uh, based on, though? Uh, it's, yes, it's too early, as Jamie said. ADP in most places and, like, best ball ADP is pretty good right now because there's been a bunch of best ball drafts, but that's not what we're doing sleepers for. My fantasy league's pretty heavily influenced by Dynasty. Most of the other ADPs just don't have enough drafts yet to make a lot of sense. So I went by the consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros. I think that'll do a pretty good job of pointing us in the direction of where people are going to be drafted. Jameis Winston is at quarterback 15 currently, and I, I it's pretty easy to see why he's being slept on. It's because of the injuries last year. And even if you look at his per game basis, it doesn't, Something you brought before, Adam, it doesn't show you the true Jameis Winston from last year because he had a couple of partial games. Mm-hmm. You look at the games when he played a full game last year, and he was on pace for almost 5,000 yards. Right, 4,910. Um, would have been the most last year. It would have been the fourth most in 2016, but he would have blown away uh, the rest of the NFL last year by, by 300 yards. And not just that, but I, looking at the other numbers that I look at, yards per attempt— he had a career best. Interception percentage, he had a career best. It was his best quarterback rating. He took a step forward last year. If he plays 16 games this year, he's got top five upside. And you said Jameis Winston is 15th in the consensus rankings, and that's exactly where Dave Richard has him. Jamie has Jameis 13th, and you have Jameis. You, Heath Cummings, have Jameis Winston 9th at Ninth. quarterback. Bold. All right. Uh, any comments on Jameis, guys? No, I think he's I think he's one of several excellent quarterback values that you can find late on draft day. I, I wouldn't reach for him at all. And we've got maybe a little bit more controversy with this next one. A running back who's the thirty seventh running back in the consensus rankings. Heath. Oh, I'm just gonna say that yes, Isaiah Cruel. <laughs> yeah. I, I get why he is being discounted. He's on a bad team and he's going to have to share the work with Bilal Pell. That's also been the story of his career on a bad team, sharing the load with a very good pass-catching running back. And he's never, well, at least in the last three years, been this bad. So I don't really see any reason to expect him to be worse than he's been the last three years, which is either a low-end number two running back or a high-end flex. I just don't want him on my team. I know that he's certainly capable of meeting that expectation, but I don't see... I don't see upside with him at all. Well, upside's relative. If he's the 37th running back being drafted and he's available in the 10th round, he's got a lot of upside from there. So Can't this is that. Isaiah Crowell. Who, who's going? Who's being ranked around Isaiah Crowell? If you have that available. Yeah, I could absolutely pull that up for you very shortly because well, I was you. very ready for you to ask me that question. <laughs> well, we're also and, going to talk about a wide receiver, two wide receivers that are sleepers, according to Heath. And we already spoke about Jameis Winston. Right now we're discussing Isaiah Crowell, and we are killing time. How'd I do? Yeah, and I'm looking at the consensus running back rankings, and let's, we'll, we'll just start at number 30, Marshawn Lynch. Number 31 is Royce Freeman. Number 32 is Marlon Mack. Number 33 is Tariq Cohen. These are non-PPR. Number 34 is Chris Thompson. Number 35 is Rex Burkhead. And Crowell's fallen to 40th now, behind C.J. Anderson, Jamal Williams, on Johnson. 
any I agree with beef? I agree with that all the way. Yeah. I would say he will outscore 70% of that list and he may outscore a few of the guys that are ranked in the 20s. Jamie, thoughts on Crowell to wrap it up? I I think he's he's in in the right range. He's in the he should be if if you're optimist optimistic about him somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 with with these other guys. Um if if you're pessimistic, you know, 40. So, um the the workload is is the is the thing that will probably make or break him, which is the case clearly for most most players. But uh, I I just wonder. I I think pa- Bilal Powell's role is kind of solidified. He's going to be a change of pace guy. He's going to play on passing downs. Uh, but can Crowell sort of solidify himself as the first and second down guy without question? Because they have some interesting options there. They took a flyer, which I think was a smart move on Thomas Rawls, who could you know easily be an annoyance to Crowell and if he makes the team. Uh, Elijah McGuire, somebody they drafted last year, who I was actually excited about before they signed Crowell because I thought he could have that role. And then they drafted Trenton Cannon, who could you know also be uh, in, in the mix again if he makes the team. I don't think all those guys are making the team. That's the problem. But uh, he's right. When Crowell's had an opportunity, he's he's been you know serviceable. He's not somebody I think is going to win you a lot of fantasy weeks, but he's not going to kill you. Um, but Dave's also right. It's it's a backfield you want to avoid. It's a bad offensive line. It's a it's a you know, potentially bad quarterback situation if, in fact, they go to Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater, who knows what he has left, and, and, and McCown has trouble staying healthy. So it's a it's a team that's going to be trailing a lot, most likely, and that's not going to lead to a what should be a physical type of runner getting the carries that he needs. I also wonder how much we can trust the Jets to use Bilal Powell properly because they just they seem clueless. Like His catches last three years, 47 in only 11 games, then 58. He had 23 catches last year. What was that all about? He barely caught the ball in the second half. They just decided, no, he's not our pass-catching running back anymore. Well, and if they don't throw him the ball, Isaiah Crowell does have a 40-catch year on his resume. All right, couple of wide receivers who are sleepers. Heath, I'm going to throw it to you. You're going to tell me who the 44th wide receiver in consensus rankings is, and he is a sleeper for you. I think we've already fought about this guy, but it's Kelvin Benjamin. Who fought? 44. I think he's about 15 spots too low. You and I fought about him? What? No, I don't remember who I fought with him about it. It was during the Julian Edelman debate, which I've already won. Uh, Um, (laughs) Congratulations on that one. You you. you knew you had the inside scoop. This is a bad situation, but I just, I have a hard time seeing him getting less than 110 targets. And if he's going to get that many targets, he's going to be a number three wide receiver at worst and maybe a high end number three. Do you know how he's done? The previous two seasons when he's had a lot of targets, how he's finished in fantasy. Yeah, he's been a top 25 receiver. Top 20. He's made it. He's done it. Now, it's now he had a with Cam Newton at quarterback in Carolina. This is Buffalo, and obviously the quarterback situation in Buffalo is is nothing pretty. But I agree with you. Volume should be in his favor so long he's, as he's on the field. He's lost weight, came to minicamp uh, slimmer. He says he's stronger. And uh, made a fancy one-handed catch that was caught on cameras that you might have seen on social media. And I feel I feel about Kelvin Benjamin the way you feel about Isaiah Crowell. You're taking him so late in the draft that there's 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 no harm, there's no risk. But I think there's there's genuine upside with with Benjamin because we've seen it before where he just falls into numbers because of all the targets he gets. All right, Kelvin Benjamin. Would you rather have Kelvin Benjamin or Nelson Aguilar? Benjamin. Dave, Jamie, Kevin Benjamin, yeah, ben, Benjamin. Okay. I have Aguilar two spots higher. All right. 
Kevin Benjamin or Corey Davis? Benjamin. I'll, I'll take Davis's upside. Me too. I like the quarterback situation better. It's very similar. I love the I mean, offensive they're, coordinator. They're, they're gonna. Uh, they're they're both should see a lot of targets in bad receiving course. Last sleeper, Heath. Do go not disrespect Rashard Matthews. It's not disrespecting him, but he's not a star. <laughs> I mean, uh, but the, the other competition for Kellen Benjamin, Zay Jones. Yes, but the quarterback situation for Kellen Benjamin is awful. <laughs> it's a lot worse. All right, last wide receiver, last sleeper, and, and so basically, you have sleepers, breakouts, and busts coming out on the website this week. Yes, this week. Yeah, so we're just going to give you a small sample of it. But another sleeper wide receiver is in the very last round of your draft, probably no matter how many rounds it is, because he's wide receiver 70, you better call Tyrell. Tyrell Williams, the forgotten man from 2017, because Keenan Allen stayed healthy, only got 69 targets. The funny thing is he was actually more productive with those targets than he was during his breakout year. He averaged 16.9 yards per reception, caught a higher percentage of those targets, and I had just completely written him off. I kind of did too. Until Hunter Henry got hurt. And Dave said it when they were talking about throwing the ball more to Melvin Gordon. This is a team who's thrown the ball to tight ends 150 times a year. I don't care who they sign at this point. The tight ends aren't getting 150 targets in this offense this year. They're going to have to spread it around to running backs and wide receivers. You could, if you prefer, insert Mike Williams' name in here, and it would fit just as well. Right, so that's that was going to be my question. Why Tyrell Williams over Mike Williams, and who would you guys rather have? Because Tyrell Williams has been a good in receiver in the NFL, and Mike Williams never got back to looking like college Mike. If if this, during training camp, he starts looking like college Mike Williams again, I could be convinced. I was very high on Tyrell at this time last year, yeah. and we now saw what a season with Williams looks like. Tyrell Williams looks like when Keenan Allen is healthy and playing at his best. Because two years ago, that wasn't the case. Keenan Allen was hurt. They needed Tyrell. And, uh, and he came through with the thousand yards, seven touchdowns and a 58% catch rate. I, I, I don't see him as a reliable fantasy receiver. I think he's, I think he's got his role as a big play threat for the, for the Chargers, but he's one of two guys that can do that for them. They have Travis Benjamin for the same role. I don't think he's going to be a regular down player for the Chargers. Uh, unless there's another injury on top of Hunter Henry's injury. So are you like on Mike team Williams Mike Williams, Dave? Say that again. You're on team Mike Williams? I'm, I'm really on team Keenan Allen. Okay. Alright, well somebody's gotta pick so up the Somebody slack. else is gonna have to be good, or he's gonna get, unless he gets 200 targets, and then he's the number one receiver. And he might. Yeah, or if, if he's the only good one, then Rivers is not gonna have a very good year. Unless of course, uh, Melvin Gordon catches the 148 passes that Dave projected that he would. I did go search for positive Mike Williams buzz from the summer. And the most positive thing you can find is Mike Williams returns to practice after missing part of camp that's, with hamstring injuries. That's great. That's a great start. <laughs> and it's better than having him sit out. He did part I of guess. it. Not all of it. Well, if Mike Williams is sitting on his butt and needs something to do and wants to watch some TV, but let's just say he cut the cord... He doesn't have cable anymore. Well, get yourself a Roku. Go to Roku.com, everybody. R-O-K-U.com. Uh, I, I don't know about Dave and Jamie, but I do know that Heath and I are habitual Roku users. I freaking love my Roku. I watch uh, basically anything I want on there, including live sports. And I watch the CBS Sports app, so I watch HQ on Roku. If you have any subscriptions to any of the professional sports league apps, 
They're all available on Roku. You can stream them right to your TV. If you don't have a premium subscription, you can watch your lo- your favorite local teams live with apps through many cable providers. And movies and TV shows. How about more than 500,000 available across free and paid channels? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know what a Roku is, a little tiny box, you plug it. You, it's basically like a small cable box, right? And you put the uh, You put it into your TV. And you put any app on there you want, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Showtime, HBO, whatever, and you just watch watch TV that way. It's streaming. It starts at $29.99, and a lot of those apps are free. So $29.99, uh, go to roku.com, R-O-K-U.com. Really, really cool. It's kind of one of those things like the first time I had TiVo, I was like, oh, my God, this changed my life. That's how I feel about Roku now. Let's read some emails. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. Matt from a town in East Texas. Beaumont. Hey, FFT version of non-zero chance. Heath. Need a band name. Yeah, that's, so that's our band name. Me, Scott, Heath, and Chris on the, uh, baseball show. Alright, listeners. We need a band name. If, if the four of us, me, Dave, Jamie, Heath, were in a band, what would our band name be? It might be easier after Dave does his rep so that they know what type of voice Dave has. Could be. But anyway, open submissions. Let it let us know. Here's a question from Matt in Beaumont, Texas. Yeah. Twelve. Team, my grandmother's from. Oh, twelve team half point PPR dynasty league. I have the third pick of the first round of our rookie draft. I am trying to trade up for the first pick to get Saquon Barkley. What should I offer, or how much should I be willing to offer in future years to trade up two spots? He has the third pick. He wants the first pick. He also had he has the third and the eighth pick of round one and round two. So, like, would you give up one point three and one point eight to get one point one? I would not. I absolutely would. You would? If that's all it took to get Saquon Barkley, I would absolutely do that. I'm trading what am I trading? Geis or Penny plus one of the receivers. Last Saquon year, you, Barkley. Last year, you might have been trading Kareem Hunt and Kamara for Leonard Fournette. Ah, uh, uh, to me, it's not quite the same thing. I don't look at Fournette and Barkley the same way. I right. You don't, huh? I, I look at Barkley as a fantasy first round running back for a long time. I but think that's, that's the conversation very, we were having about Fournette last year. I think it's very possible that he is. I'm not trying to downplay how good I think Barkley's going to be. I would just rather have two shots in the top eight than than that. I would. Do two point eight and one point three. Oh, I, I, I would do, do that. I like would if do I've got, if I've got one point one. There's not a chance in the world I'm doing that. Right. Wait, I Heath, agree. you you wouldn't do one point one and one point three and two point three because he's got. So when we say one point three, we mean third pick of the first round. One point eight is eighth pick of the first round. One point three, one point eight, two point three, two point eight. Those are Matt's first four picks. You're saying I do it for one one three and two three. That's exactly what I was going to say. So one or, three and two three. It wouldn't get done. I would say one eight two two three and two eight. That's not. Gonna would you do it for the first three picks? Because right. I'm not entertaining it if I've got one point one unless I wouldn't even think about it unless I was getting third overall, eighth overall. Yeah, but if your team is so terrible though, so terrible, you need you need parts. That's the other. What thing if is, my team had Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck last year different. and it fell apart? And the, well, I still have a good team. You're still falling apart with Andrew Luck, but it it, uh, it, it you 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 need parts. I mean, look. We have a scenario in our in our dynasty league. Our, our, our the team that finished last, uh, the the office dynasty league that we have was Will Brinson, and he had Todd Gurley, 
and he would not. I I I, made, I told you what I offered him. I offered him my entire my three first round picks for the next three years, my two second round picks over the next two years, and a third round pick on top of it. And he said no. Um, I understand why he said no, but he thinks he could rebound quickly because he has Gurley and, and Barkley to lead the way. So in his situation, it's fine. In other situations, you could have Andrew Luck. You don't know what he's going to be. You could have, you know, that you're banking on Des Bryant for the next two, three years. You were banking on, I don't know, pick another receiver, another another running back. You know, you didn't think DeMarco Murray was going to, you know, be done. So it, it, it all depends. It's case by case. But if you can get good parts, and, and to Heath's point, if you could end up with this year's Kamara, this year's Kareem Hunt, you know, who knows who that might be? Kalen Balage. Naeem Hines. But what's a but what's a fair trade? Because I mean I understand what you're saying. Try to get what? I think if you can if you can get three the first pick in the third round I mean maybe it's three and eight to get Barkley. One point three and one point eight. I I, I don't more. I don't know if I'm giving up three picks in the first fifteen. And that's that would be like my starting point. I don't even know if I would do it. One point three I, and two point three seems like what I would throw out if I were you, Matt. Because uh, I feel like that's pretty reasonable to give up to move up two spots. But uh, you're not thinking about it the right way. Why? You're, think, you're thinking about it as, oh, I only have to move up two spots in the draft. The difference between the talent that you get at 1.1 and 1.3 is a lot more than just but, but two I know. Spots I, that's what I'm saying. Play. If I were but, him, I would trade 1.3 and 2.1. We're taking Saquon po- in the first round of redraft. Wait, Dave, so, Dave, wait, hold on, guys. I'm just saying I would take one point. I would trade 1.3 and 2.3 for 1.1. So would you, Dave. You're oh, not, if I, if I, I yeah. of course I would. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So do that, man. That's the advice I'm giving to Matt. I know, I know. You don't think it's enough. Yeah, but I think but it's throw, interesting. Throw in, a, throw in a veteran that you don't necessarily love, but again, could help somebody else. You know, especially somebody that may have some name value, like say Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate. Yeah. You know, some somebody that you just can you can use. The other person can use. Right. Again, I I understand where where Dave's coming from. It, it's hard to get get him out of there, but get him out of the spot. But you got to at least try. Billy from an undisclosed location. Do we want to disclose it? I'll disclose it. Sorry, Billy. Ponca City, Oklahoma. Hey, J-A-M-I-E, A-Z-E-R, and Dave Richards. All Excellent. Misspelled. I think you guys have all gone crazy on Derrick Henry. I don't know why you all seem to assume he will get a big uptick in work and become a monster. Henry's been good in the fourth quarter against tired defense, and I don't know why they would change his role. Deion Lewis has proven he's a very good and versatile running back, including a monster in the red zone. The idea the big back will score the touchdowns just isn't true anymore as as teams like to be able to throw to the running back in the red zone. I think the Henry roll might actually get smaller since they're moving away from the exotic smash mouth to an offense that will likely involve passing more to running backs and less running back touches total. Lewis is going to be a massive steal this year. Book it. I don't think he's going to be a steal based on the consensus rankings. He's it's like 26 or 27 at running back. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how we all feel about Derrick Henry. I know how I feel about Derrick Henry. I'm not really feeling that threatened by the threat of Deion Lewis. I do think Henry's the touchdown guy, and I don't think that they need to just use him in the fourth quarter. I think he's better than that. Uh, I think Henry is the goal line guy, not necessarily the touchdown guy, and certainly not the red zone guy. What I'm worried about is when a Patriots running back looks good in New England, and then changes teams, is it really the same thing? Because Deion Lewis is going from playing alongside Tom Brady in a very explosive offense to playing alongside Marcus Mariota. Mariota's very good, but defenses don't play 
Mariota the same way that they play Brady. And that means that Lewis won't see quite the same type of looks defensively. And there's no doubt he's going to have to share with Henry unless Henry just shows up overweight or, you know, hamstring injury happens to him instead of Lewis in training camp. There's a million things that could happen. But if everybody's healthy, how do you get away from from the bull that is Derrick Henry? Is there is there a big enough sample size of running backs that have left the Patriots in the Tom Brady era, which is obviously a big era, that have gone elsewhere? Because usually they take retread guys. Well, LeGarrette Blunt's done it four times. Yeah. <laughs> and he wins Super Bowls every time he leaves. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, but we you know it isn't as good of a running environment, I guess. And no, but but, but, but to Jamie's point, I don't know if that's necessarily the best barometer, but. I, I, I think we've I, seen I, it a I'm, bunch I'm just of like times. Thinking, who, who is it though? But we've seen a bunch of times where we've seen running backs do well in one town, and then they oh, go to a different that, town, that's, that's and it's almost, a totally different offense. That's almost and it, they, that's, they that's the word free apart. agent. Every free agent that leaves one place typically struggles when they go someplace else. Yep. But I don't know if there's a is there even somebody that's that's done it. And I, don't, I mean, Deion Lewis isn't exactly young in his career, but is there guys? I, I see you're looking it up, Heath. Is there guys that have done it that have left and gone elsewhere? I'm just trying to think, like. Jonas Gray just disappeared from the face of the earth. Yeah. Lawrence Maroney disappeared from the face of the earth. Stephen Ridley is technically <laughs> still in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, Ridley. It doesn't bode well. doesn't bode well for Deion Lewis, <laughs> does it? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, you know, Lewis is actually somebody that had an opportunity to leave and go elsewhere to get a prominent role, which he is going to have. Sammy Morris? Yeah, they just, the, <laughs> the guys that they have, you know, they just don't go elsewhere because they either take them at the end of their careers or they just, have never Jarvis really Green Ellis uh-huh. went to Cincinnati there you go. and ran for a thousand yards on like uh-huh. 400 carries. All right, so so let me just wrap it up because these are good points. I mean, different offensive coordinator. I I don't necessarily agree with the fourth quarter tire defense thing, but is it possible that Derrick Henry's role gets smaller? Deion Lewis would have to play bigger, smaller than what it's been with Demarco Murray, or smaller than when he was by himself last year. Because clearly the answer I think is no to both. He's not going to be worse than he was with Demarco Murray. That's not going to happen, and he's probably not going to have the same workload that he had when Demarco Murray got hurt. But I still think, I mean, Adam, I I, I tend to agree with the numbers you threw out, which is he has a chance to rush for right around a thousand yards, and I think he's going to be close to double digits in touchdowns. Right. I know that's fluky because we haven't seen that. Very often the last couple of years, you, you, you asked us that number what was it seven or nine over the last two years? Of what? Double digit, double digit touchdown? touchdown? Well, last it was year? like six two years ago and one last year or something like that. I think it was three last year, you said. Oh, three last three. year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so it was six. six. It's either seven or nine, whatever it was. So, you know, it, it, can he score eight touchdowns? Probably. Can he rush for 800 yards to a thousand yards? Probably. Can he get you, you know, maybe 200 yards passing or receiving? Probably. So Deion Lewis has got one time in his career where he's played 16 games. To Dave's point, he is coming off of a system where he was great. As we saw last year, if you break down the numbers, when Rex Burkhead was healthy versus Rex Burkhead not being there, Deion Lewis wasn't the same. Yeah. All right, then. Moving on. Bryce from Calgary, Alberta. What do you see the ceiling for Deontay Foreman this season? Oh, I think the ceiling is like a borderline number one running back. But the ceiling involves him being fully recovered from an injury that very few offensive players have ever fully recovered from. What if I put a different spin on this? What's his ceiling in 10 games? Say he starts on the pup list. Lamar Miller's got to be hurt or just completely benched. I think I think Foreman has a chance to be the lead back in this offense. Agreed, but yeah. lead back in a shared situation. He's not going to be – Yeah, yeah. He's not 20-plus carries. 
No. No, but he's first down, second down, short yardage goal line. Maybe. And Lamar Miller's two-minute drill, third down, second and long. Could be Alfred Blue. I mean, this is this is a this could be a backfield to avoid if if Deontay Foreman's healthy. Alex Collins last year finished as the 18th best running back in in non PPR, 21st in PPR. Do you think so? 18th in non PPR, 21st in PPR. Do you think Deontay Foreman has a better ceiling, higher ceiling this year than what we saw from Alex Collins last year? No. On a per game basis, yes. Okay. This is from Aaron Sharp. Keep two. Alvin Kamara is standard scoring. Alvin Kamara in the eighth. Josh Gordon in the 14th. Juju Smith-Schuster in the 14th. Gordon and Kamara. Hell yeah. I would say Gordon and Kamara (laughs) as long as it's not a keep forever. I'd rather have Juju in like a dynasty type league. Than who? Gordon? Gordon. All right, from Chris. It's interesting. Who? Let's say three years from now is is Gordon and Mayfield better than Rudolph and Juju? I don't. I, I'm more worried in three years from now is Gordon Agreed. in the league, sir. Mm-hmm. All right, this is from Chris. Where's Chris from? Nampa, Idaho. Hey, Ed, Philip, and Jonathan. Dave, I'm looking at you. Hurricanes. Yeah. Ed Reed, Philip Buchanan, Jonathan Vilma. I have the choice of keeping Todd Gurley fifth overall or Fournette twentieth overall. Which would you prefer, Gurley fifth or Fournette twentieth? Gurley. So does he get this fifth round pick? His number five overall pick back? Probably. If he keeps Fournette, you mean? Yeah. So, would so you... Fournette and a one. So Fournette and five. Fournette so and which, five. Which if you're factoring keepers could be Barkley. Would you rather Fournette and Barkley or Gurley and a receiver? Yeah, a moderate receiver, moderate running back. Well, moderate. I mean, it could it could be like Devonte Adams, right? Oh, he's probably kept somebody like. Is that. it a is it a one keeper league? I I don't know. I don't know. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that's important because you know it's it's what you're getting with keeping Fournette in the second round. Yeah, in a vacuum, which value do you like better? And, and also, by the way, I think PPR versus non-PPR makes a big difference here, right? Like, if it's PPR... Everything makes a difference. If it, yeah, if it's PPR, I mean, Gurley 5 over Fournette for sure. If it's non-PPR, that's pretty pretty tough. Well, what if it's half PPR? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ah, no. All right, so everybody just give an answer. <laughs> Gurley at 5 or Fournette at 20? I'll take Fournette. Gurley. Gurley. All right, here's a, an email from Coder from Flint. Sorry, I probably mispronounced your name. Dear Trey, Page, Gordon, Fishman, and Cheech. Not a clue. I just finished drafting a 10-team non-PPR snake with the fifth overall pick. I took David Johnson, then Dalvin Cook, then Rob Gronkowski. Wow. All right, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Rob Gronkowski in a non-PPR league. I really feel like value kept falling to me, so I continued hammering the running back position. So I have Jordan Howard, Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle. Carry oh <laughs> on Williamson or carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Uh, Aaron Jones and Rex Burkhead. But he only has four receivers. Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, and Kelvin Benjamin. That's a fail. That's too many running backs. What's the point? Well, and his starting quarterback is Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, it's a fail. He can't do it. League. Ooh. There's no way that's the best quarterback still left. Oh, wow. You don't have to go that crazy on running backs. This is a good, like, 
we talk about how you want to stockpile running backs late, but it's also a good thing about how your what happens early in the draft should maybe change your strategy later in the draft. If you've got David Johnson and Dalvin Cook and Jordan Howard and Ronald Jones, you probably don't need to take a running back for a while. Yeah. Uh, P.S. Dave, my girlfriend's kids call Lou Malnati's Pizza in Chicago Illuminati's Pizza. Oh, I want my kids would probably do that if they put two and two together like his kids did. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. That's very clever. Adam, you had some Lou Malnati. I did. Yeah, How'd you was, like it? Well, so here's the thing. I had it like catered for like 200 people. So I think I said that I, I asked my friend if Lou Malnati's is regularly a 10, how, what is this? And he said like, he lived in Chicago. He said like six or seven, but I liked it. I just, I know it would be better if I went to the restaurant. Um, I did like it. What was it? What's the other one that everybody likes? Giordano's, Uno's, Duet. I think I had Giordano's two years ago. Domino's. I don't know what I like better, honestly. I think I really like Giordano's, but it was so filling. It was like, yes. oh. It is a, it's barely pizza, but it's so good. <laughs> All right, two more. Greg Cohen from Rockville, Maryland. I'm in a keeper league. You can take a player you drafted in the previous year three rounds earlier. So Kareem Hunt in the second or Edelman in the 13th round. I have the seventh pick, so Hunt would be pick 18 overall. Kareem Hunt in the second round or Edelman in the 18th round? 18th round. What did I say? Thirteenth, thirteenth, thirteenth round. Twenty eighth round. I'm taking Kareem Hunt. I, I am too. Yeah. And finally, Mike from north of everywhere in the U.S. That is not Toronto. Hmm. Peterborough. Uh, where's that? It's uh, east, of, north, northeast of Toronto. Okay. This is an interesting question. You guys have so much info for amazing weekends in NFL and college games. As a Canadian fanatic, how do I look up college games to figure out which weekends I want to come down? Is there a place I can see each state's games or anything? More information is better. So he wants to go to some college football games. Why don't we just tell him which games to go to? Go to Michigan, Ohio State. I was just thinking go to cbssports.com and look at our scoreboard, and you can see all of the games for each weekend there on the scoreboard. I, I think that that's a good start, but I, I think you're going to need some – Clever planning involved because if you're coming down to the states, you need to make it a road trip where you start with a Thursday game. Isn't there always like a, a college team from Ohio playing on Thursday? Yeah. That's like where half the Mac is. Mac right? Yeah, the Mac should. So you start there. Maybe there's a game on Friday, uh, within a five hour drive that you can go to. And then you go to a big game on Saturday and then you catch an NFL game on Sunday. And, and then you're broke. You forgot about Monday Night Football. Well, it, I don't know where that game is, but if you can squeeze that in, that's fine. If you were gonna, but if you're you, gonna you suggest one game, though, otherwise oh, you will thank be you, broke. Dave. If you're gonna suggest one game for you know somebody who's never been to a college football game, I think I'd go Michigan Ohio State. What about uh, you? Texas Oklahoma, Auburn Georgia, Auburn Georgia or Auburn Alabama? Auburn Alabama. I would do Auburn Alabama. The Iron, the good old. I've been to the Iron Bowl. I don't know if that one's uh, friendly enough. Be a standard observer at. Yeah, I've been to some really great college football games. Um, but he's How about Canada. Army Navy. No, I mean like no? that. No, I guess I don't think that's going to have the same electricity. I don't know. I don't think it's going to have the same electricity as Michigan, Ohio. It probably State. has more. Uh, it it's. 
I'm not sure if you if you have to be in the military to really well, fully appreciate it. That's a game we have. I know. I think it has probably has more. I'm laughing at Adam, oh, not okay. at the game. I thought you were laughing at. My no, I'm suggestion. laughing. I'm at sorry. Adam. I'm not putting down the Army Navy game. The Army Navy game is very cool. It has its own freaking weekend. That's great. But I'm telling you, you pull most college football fans. Would you rather go to Michigan, Ohio State, or Army Navy? What do you think they're going to say? Of the other one. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Please don't get me deported. Uh, so, by the way, Trey Page, Gordon Fishman, and Cheech are fish. <clears throat> fish. The band. No. Thank oh, I should have known that. Yeah. Not me. Not for me. And that's it for today's show. I feel terribly unpatriotic now. So I'm going to go buy an American flag and get ready for 4th of July. See you later, everybody. Bye. Na, 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 na. Yeah.